Welcome to the Ladies of LifeSite. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face through the lens of faith and freedom. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, Ladies of LifeSite listeners. This is Rebecca, and I'm here today with Maddie and an amazing, inspirational individual. I'm super excited for this episode because this is just a small example and a tiny look into what thousands of Americans have been facing and dealing with for the last year and a half, but especially for the last 10 months. So I'd like to welcome Nurse Danny, a nurse with 20 years of experience and 16 years specifically in pediatric nursing. So she's here to talk about kind of the experiences that she had with the COVID jab and the mandates and kind of everything that she chose to do in response to her hospital administration kind of pushing her to take this shot. Tell us about why you walked away from your 16-year career as a nurse. It's a twofold reason. First of all, the system is broken beyond repair. And I is so broken that I could no longer really function in my role the way it's designed. And that was bringing me uh, a lot of stress and heartache. And then secondly, the mandates for the vaccine came down. And I heard from the Lord before there was any, before there was even a vaccine available, that I was to say no to that when it became available And the conversation was really something that I will never forget. You know, I I know anybody who has a relationship with God knows when they're hearing from God, it's like, whoa. And it was like that for me. And he basically told me, go ahead and, and choose now. And I said, okay, okay, I won't take it. And then that pause in my spirit, I felt him like, but there's more. And I was like, okay, what else is there? And he said to me, it will be nearly impossible to choose not to if you don't choose now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Does that mean I'm going to lose my job? And that was a definite yes. And I said, does that mean my life is going to change forever? Like, like other things I may lose. And, and it was like, yes, like, Life as you know, it will change. And do you trust me? And I was like, yes, Lord, I trust you. Okay, that was it. That and the fact that I've had lots of trouble with severe reactions to vaccines in my past. So that, you know, my past coupled with my conversation with God, it was very clear to me that I was not going to take this. So when the mandates came down, I knew that it was a no for me. There was an exemption process, but I was given three weeks, just as the entire enterprise-wide hospital was given three weeks to decide to take the job, to, to submit exemption forms, or to leave. And I chose, after I did actually submit exemption forms, and then when I, I was told it would be very 
important for me to sit down and write a religious one, even though I already did a medical one. When I sat down to write the medical or the religious one, I had a righteous indignation come over me. And I felt as though I was asking permission from an unknown group of people to validate my relationship with God. And I was not okay with that. So instead of writing my religious exemption, I wrote my resignation letter. Wow, that's powerful. And you originally wrote your medical exemption based off of a previous injury or reaction to a vaccine, right? Correct. Okay. Did they approve that and say, in order, or did they just deny it flat out and say, we need a religious in order to, to give they, you? What they did was they set up psy- psychological and emotional warfare to the degree that made everyone feel like no matter what you do, you're going to get a no. I was literally told by my manager, by my direct report, good luck with that. Most exemptions will be denied. Later on, she also came up to me while I was taking care of an unconscious child and asked me what my plans were because she needed, she was getting pressure from people up above her to come up with numbers of who she, who she was going to need to replace. So there was a total disregard for the process, the exemption process. And it, it was that coupled with a conversation that I had with my lawyer who told me to get the religious exemption on board also that had me sit down to write it. But again, I just, I just couldn't. And I think that that's super powerful and something that's really important that some of us maybe forget. I know I was just talking to my dad today about the vaccine and religious exemptions. And one of the things that we said was, but why do we need to justify our faith and our beliefs in order to not take this jab that's not only dangerous, but completely unnecessary? And it's, I think that it's really important. I just want to highlight that you didn't sit down and write that in a really positive way, because I don't think all of us are thinking, well, wait a minute, I don't need to do this. I, I'm not even going to give into your whole rigmarole circus of, well, I need to apply for an exemption. No, I'm not even going to go there because it's ridiculous in general. And I just, I want to give you like a big kudos for that. Cause I mean, it was something that I, I personally hadn't thought a lot about until I was talking to my dad about it today. I thought, you know what? It really is important from a, a religious perspective, from a freedom perspective, you know, that maybe we we do kind of push back on this whole exemption thing even because it's not, it's just, it's not necessary. We don't need to be justifying our faith or, or rationale to, to people like that. And so I just, that was something that really struck me today because there might be some listeners who are thinking, well, okay, you're just being, you know, lame or you just wanted attention or whatever it may be. And that's ridiculous. That's not the case. We're we're taking a firm, strong stance against the tyranny, which means not playing their game by their rules, because that's all the exemptions are. Hey, play our game by our rules. Yeah, okay, you know, 10% of you who file your exemptions don't have to get the shot, but we're still, we're still following their rules, right? So I just want to give you like a, a huge 
shout out for that takes a lot of courage. That takes a ton of courage because you could have said, well, I'm just going to fight as best I can. And I'm going to try to hang on to this career because 16 years is a really long time. So I'm just, I'm really, I'm really impressed by that. And I just wanted to highlight that to all of our listeners. Cause I think, I think you're amazing. And, and, and that needs to be highlighted. Thank you. You're, you're absolutely right. And more people need to be encouraged in that way and empowered in that way. And someone who does that really well is Peggy from the Healthy American. So I do want to give a shout out to her because, and she's got her own like major connected support system available to anyone who just look, look up Healthy American. Her videos and her resources online really helped me grasp that. Like I had that in the spirit, right? But to language that, I needed help. And so I used her as a resource and it really helped me get grounded in the fact that no one validates my relationship with God. I just kind of wonder, like, at at what point did no stop being enough? Like, when did that stop being a complete sentence that we could just say no to anything in the in the healthcare system? I did laugh. There was a a meme, I think, somewhere talking about there's a like all this whole generation was raised talking about just say no to drugs, like experimental drugs that you know nothing about and don't take drugs from strangers. And then here we are. mandating an experimental drug being given to you by strangers and you can get it with a drive-by like you could just roll down your sleeve or roll up your sleeve and drive-by jabs yeah I'm like when did this I'm I'm really curious at what point that shift happened well really if you think about it the chipping away at our mental and emotional foundations. Yep. It's this whole thing has been destabilizing. And I mean, to go back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, following suit inside of their construct of these are the new rules. Well, they're moving the goalposts. They're creating new rules to the game as the game is unfolding. So the only way to take your power back is to not play the game. Which kind of brings me to my next question. So you mentioned earlier about the psychological warfare that basically the higher ups in the hospital system were kind of playing. Tell us more about that experience and kind of what all what all was happening because if it's happening in in the hospital you were at, it's probably happening all over. And I think people might be pretty surprised by some of those details that you can whatever you can share. Yeah. For sure. So foundation of everything that they would they did was through email communications and through and they were daily and they were relentless and they're sometimes more than once a day. Sometimes it was every few hours. And we're trying to take care of patients, you know, we're trying and then take care of patients inside of all these new rules and regulations that you're just making up and it doesn't even match what common sense would tell you. So there's that, you know, and then so what they what they effectively did was they created a destabilizing environment based on fear 
And first it was fear of the virus and what it could do. And quite frankly, I came from a children's hospital. So when you think about it, like from the aerial view, why were we even afraid in the first place when it was very clear that children weren't being affected by this and they were they were not needing in hospital medical attention for this but we shut down surgeries we shut down medically necessary surgeries for at least 2 months out of fear that there wouldn't be enough medications, that there wouldn't be enough ventilators, that there wouldn't be enough space in the hospital to take care of everybody. Well, I'm here to tell you that there was, it it was a ghost town in our children's hospital for those many months, okay? And so that, again, led into that mental emotional warfare of like, we're supposed to be afraid, but of what? Because we don't actually see anything, but it, it could happen at any time. And so that just built over time. And then there was this hope of the vaccine that would be our savior. Of course, I already had that conversation with God. So I knew that my savior is Jesus Christ and not the vaccine. And I was having those conversations with my friends. So that's another thing that I wanted to put out there for all your listeners is it's all well and good for you to stand firm and to take a stand for yourself and your family, but to be true disciples of Christ, we need to, this is a time of like sharing it from the rooftops and, and don't tell me you're not a leader because you are, if you're within the sound of my voice, you are a leader. You have a circle of influence that, that matters. And, and we need to be speaking this truth to our circle of influence that, that our healer is Jesus and that our provider is God, not this vaccine and not our government. So back to the mental emotional warfare, things got heightened as the vaccine rolled out. They rolled out the red carpet for this vaccine. They wanted people to do hashtag like vaccine, you know, whatever. I've never seen a hashtag for a vaccine in my entire life. I've never seen photo ops while you're getting a medical procedure. to, To get an injection of a vaccine is a medical procedure. They are now breaking HIPAA of course, with the permission of the actual persons being injected and and taking pictures of this medical procedure and posting it like, like it's Hollywood. It's all part of that psychological warfare because then for those people that were on the fence, they were like, ooh, oh geez, um, maybe I should, maybe I should rethink this. Maybe there, maybe I should take it. And there was, there was people who, at that point, we're like, no, I'm going to wait, ended up taking it way earlier than I ever thought they would. After that, they were pushing it on us like, oh, hey, like it's the winning lottery ticket. Oh, hey, guess what? We have extra doses available. I can get you on a list. And when I said, no, thank you, and very respectfully so, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. It was received with disgust and dismay, like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And so again, anyone who wasn't really standing firm on their no might 
after receiving that kind of feedback from a higher up, might want to rethink that. So there we go again. And then they rolled out the badge tags. And this was a way to uh, visually identify those who were responsible enough to take the shot and who are now deemed the safe ones to be around. And I and I use those in quotations because those were that was the exact language that my hospital used. That these were the responsible ones and these are the safe ones. So for me, being one that was not wearing that badge tag, sitting around my nursing colleagues who were wearing those badge tags, I I started to really feel ostracized and shamed for not taking the shot, but I heard a word from God. So I stood on that, but I did take that opportunity. Every time I read an email that, that, you know, told others to wear their badge tag and told others that they're the safe ones for doing so, I would take that opportunity to ask the person sitting to my left or my right, ask them how they felt about me not wearing a badge tag. And I didn't do that out of anger or malice, I actually did that in love. I wanted to know where they were, where their heart was, where their mind was. And fortunately, because we created a work environment in our little unit that was uh, built on mutual respect and, and care, I got really good feedback. Like, no, that's your choice. And it was my choice to get it. And I respect your choice not to get it. And we work together throughout this whole thing. Why not now? <laughs> you know, so that's the way most of my team felt about it. But the um, divisiveness and div division tactics were relentless from corporate. My heart breaks just thinking about that. That sounds so difficult and requires so much courage to be to be put in a place like that and to still be able to stand firm. And I think it's a great reminder that when we can stand firmly rooted in Christ, we can have so much more strength than we may have ever thought we could have had. For, and everybody else who's out there thinking, oh, maybe I'll just get it. Remember what you're rooted in. Remember why you're not doing it. One of the things, Danny, I know that you had mentioned earlier is that you actually know somebody who ended up getting the shot, finally gave in, and had some side effects and, and kind of vaccine injuries from that. Can you, can you share that story? Her story really is gut-wrenching to me because she knew that she shouldn't take this shot. And she went through all the appropriate steps to get a medical exemption. Her doctor divulged far more information than really should ever be required to let them know that she this is this could be a real detriment to her health. After all of that information was submitted to my hospital, that unknown group of people that made up the committee decided that that she would be denied. And she was she's a she's a mom also and and wasn't able she wasn't in a position to lose her job. And so quickly, you know, they only gave us three weeks. Now this is a week before termination date that she gets the, the denial. So she did end up taking the shot. And within 24 hours, she had crushing chest pain, was rushed to the emergency room and later diagnosed with myocarditis and spent a few nights in the hospital, 
was on FMLA for a while recovering. She is still not back to 100%. It was another three or four weeks of fighting and divulging all the medical information. It was reported to VAERS. It was verified by multiple doctors that this was an adverse reaction to the shot. And finally, after three to four weeks of all of that, while she was trying to recover, she was finally exempt. But, you know, too little, too late. If your doctor says that you medically can't take or have a medical procedure, such as a jab, it's not fully a procedure, but any sort of medical intervention, why should there be a board of people or a group of people who are up there in the cloud saying, oh, no, sorry, we don't trust your doctor. That we trust all the doctors in our staff to, you know, take care of patients and decide that this guy needs, you know, whatever intervention it may be as he comes into the ER. But we don't trust your doctor who's been seeing you for years and years to tell us that you're not medically fit to get this jab. That's just, it's ruining lives. It, it, they, they, these people shouldn't be up there playing with lives like they are because that's exactly what they're doing. They just told that woman, your life really doesn't matter that much. Our agenda and the, the need to have these badge tags and have a vaccine is way more important than your life and your, you being a mother and you being you know, a, a member of society. And that's just, that's heartbreaking to me that we can value life so little. To them, it, this is not about life. This is about numbers and numbers equal dollars. So for anybody listening who's on the fence out there, it is not, it, your life is valuable, but to those pushing this agenda, your life has, holds no value to them. You're a number and they're just trying to get one more. But you do have a purpose in this world. And that's worth standing for and worth fighting for. How sad that that can ring true for hospital, people who work in a hospital. That should be a place of healing. That should be a place where it's a mission and everything you do should be about life and saving that person's life or improving that person's quality of life. But sadly, that's not, that's not the case anymore. Danny, can you share, you just started to, but can you tell us, I, I think I heard that nurses are being replaced by National Guard staff. As a nurse... You know, do you, how do you feel about something like that? What do you, what do you know about that? Maybe share some of that background with our listeners. So that whole notion, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but that whole notion just blows my mind because, you know, our military is here to serve and protect us and our nation and our citizens um, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so to remove citizens, American citizens from their place of employment because of their ch health choices or religious choices and to put in military force, that's not America, friends. That is not America. It kind of is exactly what doctors are experiencing and nurses are experiencing where you're basically being asked to violate and just toss out this oath and this vow that you took with the Hippocratic Oath. And, you know, these these military members have vowed to uphold the Constitution and these things that we have, these inalienable rights that were given to us. Mm -hmm. And it's I 
I find that so hard and it's so challenging, but I also recognize, you know, a lot of these, much like the friend that you mentioned, they're faced with, you know, here's two, two days for you to make this decision and there's not a full picture. It's no longer fully informed consent that's being given. A lot of it is coerced and, People are accepting things under duress, oftentimes without even recognizing that they're actually accepting it. And they there's such cognitive dissonance between their their thought process that they're not even re- realizing that they're so stressed and so, you know, whatever, burdened with this decision that they just go ahead and accept it and later realize, I didn't really want to want to say yes to that. And it's just, I don't know, that's heartbreaking. Did you, in your, your hospital system, are, is staff being replaced by National Guard already or with their plans to? No, they're not being um, replaced by National Guard. I have, even though I've left, I still have people who are sharing with me on inside information. And one of the things that they did share with me was this really ridiculous email from the head of HR who refused to even acknowledge that they terminated hundreds of our coworkers because of their choice not to take that shot. Instead, he said that that those people chose to separate. And so he used words like separate Oh, there was another word I forget, but, but basically totally denied the fact that we were, we were denied our, the exemptions. We are not going to take the shot. Therefore you fired them. And they then misquoted the number. They called it 127 enterprise wide. And when we are tens of thousands of, of people enterprise wide, and then he talks about the hospital, just inside of the one hospital in Central Florida that I used to work at, they are up to 700, a little over 700 people that they've onboarded. Most of those people, again, from my insider information, most of those people are new grads. So the question I pose to the public is, how comfortable are you taking your child to a hospital or taking your grandma or, or husband or wife to the hospital when you know that those with my level of experience have left and now you have those who are brainwashed into taking the shot and, and, the, and the propaganda of it all training the new ones who are just so desperate for a job they they'll say yes to anything they're not going to stand up for your rights they don't have the level of skill collectively anymore at the bedside so that's the real impact that's happening now the other impact that's coming down the line is foreign nurses i was actually approached to teach those foreign nurses Oddly enough, it was like, oh, hey, well, you don't have to take the shot. You should come work at this at this place. And what we do is we teach the foreign nurses how to make it in an American healthcare system. 
And I'm just like, no, thanks. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Because really, the uh, you know, our American citizens, our, our seasoned nurses and, and medical professionals deserve their spot. Well, and I think, too, the question you were asking about, you know, heading into a hospital, really the only times that I've been in the hospital in the last, well, ever outside of my own being born was giving birth to my children. I don't I haven't been sick enough to need the hospital, which is I'm very thankful for. Yeah. (laughs) But I also look back on that time that I, you know, that I was in the hospital with, with that and the, the labor and delivery nurses and just being thankful that we had people that were aware of, um, what was going on and this, and the situations that we had, cause I had fairly traumatic births with, with both children. And so just knowing that we had somebody that had probably experienced at least one or two of those, of those types of situations and was aware of what was going on in my body was, is amazing. So I, think one of the things that I love about our conversation this whole time is the fact that you've been so positive. You're obviously sharing some pretty crazy things and you're sharing a horrible experience where you were faced with some some really hard decisions. Obviously, you found your hope in Christ and and I think that's where a lot of your positivity comes from. And there's so much peace just surrounding you. So what, I guess at this point, kind of what would you say to any other nurses or healthcare workers or even just really any I mean there's all there's everybody's kind of being faced with this mandate at this point. So what would you say to to the listeners who are kind of waffling between getting the vaccine, keeping their jobs or not getting the vaccine and having to look for a job, maybe maybe even completely outside of their previous experience? What would you say? First of all, I would say you have you have to make that choice for yourself and then stand firm on it and trust God with the rest. Okay. Once you found your voice for yourself, go find your other people, (laughs) stand together. You know, there is power in numbers and there are people out there. We are the majority. We really are, but we need to stop being afraid to stand up and speak up. So once you've found your voice in Christ then start speaking up for others and, and having those conversations and coming together, being united in action for your own freedom. Because I'm telling you, no one else is coming. It really is up to us to stand firm and be in action. So what what does action look like? For us, it looked like having conversations with our community members, starting rallies. We, We did three rallies in three weeks, right in front of the hospital with boldness. These are the people I've worked with for almost 10 years. And now I'm I'm waving the American flag and then holding up the, you know, right to choose signs. And they're like, that's Danny. Yeah, that's Danny. <laughs> you know, but I did that. And and by the third, by the third time, we had people walking out of the hospital to join us. Okay. So people want to stand together. They just sometimes don't know how. So you've got to take that first step. And uh, other things we did was we got together and we wrote 
over a thousand emails to Governor DeSantis, to the Department of Health in Florida, and to all the leadership um, of our hospital. That I'm sure on some level that was heard. We never received any feedback from any of that, but I'm sure that it was heard. We asked our community at large to write those emails. So it wasn't emails just from healthcare providers. It was from the community at large. Okay. And then, and then we found ourselves a lawyer and we're working on legal action for those that did stay until termination. They, they have, rights that that will be fought in court absolutely so these are just some of the many ways that we can stand up in action for our rights and be relentless at it wake up every day and find what am i going to do today to stand for our rights one other question that i have for you because i know we're getting close to time and mostly it's just can you send this so our listeners we can put it in the show notes i'm sure you did research regarding this shot and kind of how to say no and all of that stuff. Do you have have like a place for people to start in terms of the shot itself, ingredients, that kind of stuff, making that decision, informed consent there, and then also any resources that you have for like activism and people getting out there and letting their voice be heard? You know, I did pray about that as far as the sharing the rabbit hole that I went down to figure out all the things about the shot. And what I'm led to share with you guys is to just keep asking questions and then go search out the answer for yourselves. Don't be satisfied with the first thing you come up. Keep questioning, keep looking, keep asking, consider the source as far as community support. Certainly, I've already mentioned the Healthy American. I think Peggy's awesome and she gives, she's also very vibrant and positive and she gives a lot of great advice. Also, Liberty Council, their website was very, very helpful with supporting those who did want to write a, a religious exemption, how to go about doing that. And as far as community outreach kind of things, ccdfusa.com is the grassroots organization that I have found so many lifelong friends through. And we are we are doing this together. And if there's not one set up in your neighborhood, then get go on that website, ccdfusa.com and click to sign up to be an ambassador for freedom and just take that next step, whatever that next step may be. There are also nationwide things like Moms for Liberty, which there are many chapters all over the United States and there's a national organization too. And then Moms for America also provide a lot of community support, a lot of education on what our rights are as Americans and how we as American citizens in our daily life can stand for those and live those out powerfully. Thank Um, you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I'd love to come back and chat about homeschooling. Yes. (laughs) 
We'll do it. It'll be so fun. Danny, thank you so much. And thanks for everything that you're doing, standing up and, and staying strong. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. God bless you guys. God bless you too. Bye. Thank you so much, Nurse Danny. I am so inspired by everything that you shared here today. I know that our listeners will be too. So I'd just like to end our episode today by encouraging each of you, our listeners, to subscribe to our podcast on maybe your favorite platform or simply subscribe to our email list so you can be the first one to hear about the latest Ladies of Lifeside episodes coming straight to your ears. We God bless you, and I just thank you so much for listening.